So uh, be in contact with us. We'd love to have you guys be a part of that. All right. Um, I'm going to pray real quick and just bless the family that right now is in that home. And then we're going to go on with our message. Uh, Father, we just thank you. Um, We ask that you would bless this day. Um, We ask that you would bless uh, this time. But Father, we thank you that this morning a family woke up in their home that was built not by uh, cedars, not necessarily by a moor, but Father, but by a church family in that community that says, we want you to have a house, and they made that possible. And for that, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, a couple of things just to draw your attention. We want to just praise uh, God. Some of you guys know that Antoinette had back surgery, just real quickly had back surgery. uh, And she's up and moving. If you haven't seen, she's already doing that. But we want to see her continually uh, do well. Got to see Jerry yesterday. Karen obviously is leading worship. Uh, She would love to have him here. But is blessed to see him uh, continuing. Has still a long journey. And yet um, uh, God is with him. And I I walked in and he's beaming. And I just, it was a joy to to see him. And there's just a number of other things that are going on. And we'll be praying about some of those things at the end of the service. But I just wanted to draw those things to your attention. And then finally, a quick thing. As some of you guys know, we're praying for these young boys uh, that have been trapped in this cave. Four have been saved this morning. And hopefully throughout the day, they can get all these young boys out today. So let's continue to even lift them up in our hearts and our prayers as we do so. All right, switch over to my screen. We're going to jump into this. uh, uh, And we're going to see what we're doing here. If you guys uh, don't know, what we're doing is we been on this journey uh, in this equipping uh, series. And so in that, I just want you to know that our goal is that you would be equipped. It's one of the heartbeats of what we want to be as cedars. Uh, by the way, the verses, you'll be able to find them in the YouVersion app, and you can just go to YouVersion, find events, and all of the verses are there for you today. But I just wanted to show you that we began this journey by saying we want you to be a disciple. Every one of us, so the day we die, is going to be a disciple, which means we're learning from this one who is God. And then we took you to this idea that a disciple should be in God's word. And we walked you through, what does it mean to be in God's word? How do we study? How do we have it start to affect our lives? How do we see it as preeminent? And we walked through those elements. Then we walked through this idea of being a servant, the idea that a servant's heart, that if we are going to be a disciple, we must serve those around us. And we took those weeks to walk through all of those elements. And we've been in this section on prayer. And the idea of what does prayer look like to have a prayer life that is a part of being a disciple. And uh, we've been walking through that. And I got to start us off and I get to kind of in some ways finish us off. Next week, we're going to have a prayer experience together uh, and talking through that, taking some of the things that we've learned and putting them into practice. Last week, Lindsay talked about your guys' personal quiet time. Like, where do you get into that study with God? And he walked you through that. Before that, Tim was taking you through this idea. There's so many different ways to to pray. There's times in which, and I'll give you an example of that in a minute, but there, there's so many different ways in which we pray. There could be a quick prayer, a short prayer, getting with someone and praying for a specific need, and uh, we'll walk through that. But today, my job is to do this idea of corporate prayer or together. Now, I want to say something. A part of our services, we do something called um, a corporate prayer. Well, basically, we come and then something that's on your heart, either a praise Um, or a request is put out. Now, I want to explain that to you, that it is something that we should be doing. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says this, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all 
people. And so when we come together and we have this time, it's called this time where we are interceding and we're praying for each other, but it's also called an agreement prayer. What we're doing is, is that someone puts out a prayer and as they pray, we agree with them. We're agreeing that we want God to step into that situation or to get the praise from that situation. That's what we normally do as a part of our service. It's called an agreement prayer. And by the way, yes, it's done corporately, but I'm going to drive us down a little bit of a different lane of specifically some of the things that God says about what happens when our people begin to pray in unity, and we're going to walk that through. And uh, chapter 2 says for, um, we should be praying for kings and all who are in high positions. By the way, this is why we pray for our, our president. This is why we pray for our senators. This is why we pray for those who are in leadership that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Verse 8 says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. There should be this time when we come together and we are praying. Remember, prayer is not this magic machine where I just say something and then I pull the handle and God gives me what I want. Prayer mostly lines up our lives to where God is, meaning this is what God is doing, and prayer allows us to be where He is at. And so, again, this concept is is that we should be praying. It should be a part of what we do. So, with that, let's begin to see this next part. And there we go. So, I want to take you to Joel, chapter 114. By the way, they're doing well, traveling, right? They're making making their way around uh, America. But uh, in the book of Joel, chapter 114, it says this, Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. There is not just once, not just twice, but many, many times in the Old Testament, and as we're even going to see in the New Testament, where there is this call to cry out before the Lord. Now, here's what's interesting. It's not just everyone comes in to a room and prays about whatever is on their heart. There is usually a specific purpose and tone to what is going on. That if you're calling the people... In the Old Testament, sometimes it would be because they were being invaded and they wanted to pray against the enemy. There were times when God would say, hey, come together and pray that you guys would come back to me. But there are these times when you're to call the elders and you're to call the people and there's to be a focus and a direction of prayer, a unity of what is going on. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20, it says this, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree. See, there's something about this idea of us becoming unified. The power of the church becomes when we start saying, wait a minute, what is God calling on us to do? And by the way, um, there have been times when I have been praying and my heart maybe was set a certain way and I walked into the room and we were going to pray about something. And as I heard the prayers of the people, I found my very heart being moved into a direction more in line to where God would want me to be. Because, again, maybe I have my own agendas, I have my own desires, I have my own wants, and I come, and yet as I hear the hearts of the people praying for a specific topic, 
God is using those prayers to mold me, to change me, to make me see something bigger and deeper, to make me see something that maybe I hadn't seen before. And I will tell you, I've, I've been in meetings where people are trying to explain something, but there was something when we started to pray that all of a sudden in that prayer life, I found my heart moving. So if two of you agree in this agreement, God's going, yes, because you're agreeing on the things that would glorify what I would have done. He says, then, yes, you ask it, my Father will do it in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. I'm just going to be honest with you. I have come to situations with one thought or one perspective or one attitude, got into a place where, again, agreement began to happen and walked out with a different feeling. Why? Because, again, my eyes were opened, and God needed me to see some things that he was doing. And, again, using other people's prayers and where God has them was significant in that process. For where two or three are gathered in my name. And that's, by the way, is so important. It's that it's in his name, not in my name, not in my agenda, his agenda. His agenda. I remember one time, um, I was a youth pastor, a situation that happened at the church. I was upset with the elders. And uh, I was going to come and speak with the elders. And I had my points. And we started in prayer. And as we started praying as a leadership and as a staff, God started melting my heart. And God started saying, Jeff, you have an agenda, but what's my agenda? Is my agenda that you come in unity? And yes, maybe you need to say something. And yes, you maybe need to confront something, but can you do it in grace and love and mercy? And can you also own your own stuff? There is something that happens when we begin to focus in and start to say, God, what are you doing? Not what I want. What are you doing? How do I submit myself to what you're doing? Acts chapter uh, 1, verses 12 through 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they, were, where they were staying. Peter and John, James, Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simeon, the, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. And all of these, uh, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. All of these with one accord. These are all these different people who, by the way, have just had a different experience. And yet when they got together and they put them all in this upper room, it says they came together with one accord. They left, probably, if they're human beings, they had to leave some things at the door. And start to try to align themselves is, is what does God want? What is God going to do in this moment? What does God want to do with the situation? Now, think about this. In context, their, la- their leader, who was crucified, rose, has been with them for these days, has now risen, put them back in, and he goes, okay, now it's on you. 
Now they know that he's going to lead them. He knows that he is going to guide them. But now it's them. And so they're like, no, what is our purpose? And they find unity and focus and purpose in what they're doing. And they begin to pray. They begin to pray. And it's in these moments that they're going to find that God is going to use it. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to use these elements to guide them. And it transforms and begins this thing called the church. Before Peter preaches at Pentecost, they got into a room and were all of one accord. There was nothing that Peter was going to do at Pentecost that was going to surprise anybody at that room. In that room. It wasn't like Peter was going to get up and have his own message and his own thing. Nope. They knew that they were of one message and of one purpose because they came and began to pray for God to move. In 2 Corinthians 1.11, it says this, You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. By the way, that is a very deep sentence. Let's walk through this. You also must help us by prayer. Now, here's the thing. Who's the us? Well, it's a group of people who are on a missionary journey. They're the missionaries. They're the ones that's going to be the forward-facing group. They're the ones that are going to go into these villages, go into these towns, and share the gospel. So watch this. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us. Watch this. Through the prayers of many. This is what is happening here. He is saying the many of you are going to unify, corporately unify to pray for us that we will do what God has called us to do. The many are still just praying a very unified prayer. Be with Paul and his associates as they go into these situations. Would you give them boldness? Would you give them wisdom? Would you give them? And so through this many goes, and again, it starts off, you also must help us by prayer. When your missionaries, by the way, Heather and Jenny will be back here at the end of the month. When they say they need your prayers, that's just not a nice thing to say. They need your prayers. They need you, that you are praying for them, that God is interceding on their behalf, that God is bringing about these relationships. Because look at it again. You also must help us by prayer so that, the many, so that many will give thanks on our behalf. They're the ones there. They're the ones on the front lines. Yes, they're the ones on the behalf. But for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Heather and I have had these conversations that they are a working out of the prayers of the people back here in the States. Because there's a unification that we are praying for them. That's true of all of our missionaries. That's true of all of our missionaries. I know when we're praying for our missionaries that are going there, like how do we come and say, and we say, God, would you use them? Would you, would you protect them? But yet, Father, would you put them in situations in which they're used? There's a corporateness, but notice the unity of the what is being asked for. There is, for God's, how God works, there is something powerful when we as a group begin to intercede on behalf of ministries. Whether you intercede on behalf of our youth, whether you intercede on behalf of our home churches, whether you intercede on behalf of our children's ministry, any of those things, when we begin to focus our prayers that way, God uses that. And again, here's what, you must pray. 
Acts 4, 23 through 31. Now, this is what I want to have us do, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. What has happened is, is that um, Peter and John uh, got basically arrested and basically got told this, uh, don't talk anymore. We're just telling you, stop it. This was done by the Sanhedrin. Stop it. They're released, and they come back to this group, and I want you to watch what happens. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they're released. They come back to their church, to their friends, to their group. And when they heard it, now what they had just heard was, we were told, don't share again. That's what they were told. The last words of the Sanhedrin is, stop it. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, this takes them as a group and gives them a focus, gives them something to begin to pray for. Are you with me? Okay, so they've heard what's been said by the Sanhedrin. Stop it. Peter and John come back to their friends and say, they've told us to stop it. As soon as they hear that, it says, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them, the kings of the earth set themselves, I'm sorry, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, look, these people thought they had their own power, right? Pontius Pilate, those leaders of the Sanhedrin, they thought they had power. Watch what happens. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Look at what, he's, look what they're saying. They are saying, God, we know they thought they were acting in their own will. We know that Pontius Pilate that the uh, Sanhedrin and the Gentiles were just playing into your hand. They did what you had them do. They did what you said they were to do. Look what it says. To do whatever your hand and and your plan have predestined to take place. They're basically saying your kingdom is coming. And they're glorifying him. They're saying you're the one that made this happen. Watch this next part. And now, Lord... Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. This becomes the focus of their prayer. To continue to speak your word with all boldness. They were told to stop it and the focus of their prayer goes, God, give us the strength to preach with boldness. They don't ask for protection They're not asking for a building. They're not asking for stuff. They're saying, no, God, we've been told to stop it. And we're asking that you will give us the boldness to continue. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they have prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. And continue to speak the word of God with boldness. That is a, what we call, a prayer together. Here's the issue. We've been told to stop it. And now we're going to pray 
with boldness. And we're asking God that you would give us the desire and the ability to speak with boldness. By the way, they're going to do so. They're going to get arrested. They're going to get flogged. They're going to get beaten. They're going to walk out going, praise God, we had the ability to be, be, to be beaten for the love, for the name of Jesus. And by the way, the church grows. So corporate prayer together. There are times, as we do in this service, where we get together and we have agreement prayer. Again, for the things that are happening individually in people's lives, you pray, we're agreeing with you. We're coming to God with you. And by the way, that's all throughout Scripture. But what I'm talking about as a church is how do we begin to start having a heart for the things that God has called for us. For this group of people, it was for them to speak in boldness even though they were told not to. And yet God blesses them at the end and continued. The Holy Spirit continued to speak with God and with boldness. So, I want to let you know that what we want to do is we want to make sure we get, begin this, this movement of saying, what are the things of cedars, what are the things of cedars that we as a church need to, in unity, begin to pray for? What are the things of cedars that we need to know that you're praying for your eldership and for your staff, that you're praying for our missionaries, that you're praying for the purpose of why the churches merged together in the first place? What is that cedars focus? We've been giving you that focus since day one, that we'd be an equipping church that we would be a church that equips its people, not entertains its people, not just educates its people, not just talks to its people, not just leads its people, but equips its people to use their gifts, just as we've been talking about, to become a disciple, God's word, servant, prayer, sacrifice, discipler, that you would become the ones that would go out on the front lines that you would be the ones that would feel equipped to stand with your neighbors, to stand with your co-workers, to stand at your school and say, I am here to share with you the good news. Not that the professionals, not that you just go, if I just bring them to church, that's enough. No, you share them the gospel. You share with them. That's why we took you through Rooted. That's why we want you to have the basics of those things. That we begin to, as a church to pray that we would become an equipped church so that we can do the works of ministry that God has done. Again, so that God and, and, and the staff, we want to pray for you that you are finding ways in which God is bringing people into your lives to begin to share this. The next thing was inner circle. That you would really try to identify those 8 to 15 people that God has put into your life and begin to step into their lives and say to them, hey, can I share my story with you? Because they know you. The 8 to 15 people that God has put into your life, you're praying for them. You're looking for opportunities to be with them. Not just always to share the gospel with them, but to share your life with them and let them see you live this thing out called faith. That we begin to pray that our people would be those that would reach their inner circle. And yes, that we would be a church that would begin to push out home churches. Like I said, Barry's church is here today. Here is Andy. Um, they're about to have uh, a child, by the way, any moment, right? Any moment. Hopefully not right now, but any moment. 
But I would love to call Andy. I'm telling you right now, their home church is already ready that if, that honestly, if, if Laura goes into labor, their home church is ready to come alongside them. I, it's awesome. I love what you guys have already built. They're just ready. They're like, go, we're, we're ready. That's what we're trying to build. And for Esteban and for Tim, what's happening in their church is they're trying to bring those people together and around community. That we're praying for those who would be the next people stepping up into home churches. That we're praying. An organization called uh, Global Gates heard about what we're doing, and they have, they have people that have converted from, uh, from, from Islam. And they're asking, would we think about training those leaders to be home church pastors? They heard about what we're doing, and they've come to us and said, would you be willing to train up these converted Muslims to actually start home churches in that community? God is moving, and we need you to be praying for home churches. And yes, part of that prayer has to be, what is my role in it? And maybe your role is like, I'm going to stay here at what we call the mothership. I know it's not a good phrase, but we call it the mothership. <laughs> and you're the one that's going to make sure that there's resources, and you're going to the one that makes sure that, that, that we're doing the right things. But maybe God's going to use you and go, maybe I could be a part of a home church, or maybe I'm just the one that hosts. I open up my home to a home church. But if we're not praying in unity for being an equipping church to reach our inner circle and to, yes, find ways to reach out in a home church to people who, by the way, may never want to come to this building, that's why we merge together in the first place. How do we as a church begin to focus that prayer? And that's what I want us to do now. For the next few minutes, I'm going to ask that on those three topics, we pray. We pray about being an equipping church. We pray about being inner circle. And we pray about home church. Now, for some of you, you're like, okay, what does that mean? Because again, we have been saying this to you from day one. There's nothing I put up on that screen that you don't know about. But are we praying for it? Are we asking God to go before us? Or are we, I don't know, I don't know if I really, what about that? What about home church? Or, or do I really need to reach my inner circle? Or do I really want to be equipped? Begin to pray about it. When we start to focus our prayers and focus our purposes, God begins to move in ways. Notice this group just said, we've been told not to. Give us boldness. And it ends with, and they had boldness through the Holy Spirit. Could we begin as a church to align our hearts through prayer for the things that he has laid before your leadership and equipping inner circle, and home church. So with that, I'm going to open it up to you, and then I'll put a close. So let's bow our heads, and if God has one of those things on your heart, bring it up to him.